All right, welcome back <laughs> episode 22 of the Young Old Heads podcast. My name is Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm here with my good friend Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Logo Fractor Edition. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am tired. I had a busy weekend last weekend, but I have an easy, even busier Monday because I'm sitting here in the Young Old Heads podcast studio with none other than TV Sports Cards. It's an honor every week, Max. I want to hear all about this weekend that you had. I saw a lot of action on social media and need to know what went down in Massachusetts. Question. In Springfield, Massachusetts, a glorious oh. city that is built upon an MGM casino, and that seems to be the center of the city. Nice. That I spent some time in but didn't gamble. Didn't gamble this episode. But I was set up at the New England Card Show, a two-day show spanning none other than Saturday and Sunday, with one of the, a very loyal listener of the show, Saratoga Slabs. It was an interesting experience. I enjoyed tabling. This was definitely the biggest show that I tabled. It was 300 tables wide and 300 tables long for a total of 300 tables. The math does not add up there. (laughs) Well, it's a figure of speech. It was just 300 tables in a row directly down a line. That would be amazing. No, it wasn't. But metaphorically, it was because it felt slow. I've been told that it was that this iteration of the new england card show was slower than previous new england card shows i don't know now we're getting into card show theory of is having an audience spanned over two days best or does it just dilute both days i'm not sure can you give me a ratio ratio of the show cases to no cases walking around what do you mean by shit cases to no cases my famous cases theory of how many for the proportion of people walking around oh, yes, carrying yes, briefcases. It was not a very strong briefcase show. It was more like you are in the New England area and this is the card show to go to because there are there I believe there is that New England card show and the big flipping card show, or which is now the big weekend card show, which I think they alternate, you know, one they are both once a month and they go in the off two weeks. I'm not sure because I am not from the New England area, so I don't have this down to a bone. This is was a five-hour train commute for me. Five-hour train, half an hour drive. Big train commute. Worth it. I picked up some cool stuff. Was it worth tabling? Well, me and Mr. Saratoga Slabs were splitting the table fee and the table itself. Combined, it was a $300 table cost probably worth it we had some walk-up buys that made it worthwhile ish i only had two walk-up buys and that's my barometer of if it's worth it yeah how much what did you sell what did you sell i didn't sell much i i think my biggest sale was a mookie bets paper rookie card for 35 bucks so how, how how do you calculate this being worth it to you if you only sold if that was your biggest sale because the buys that i had We'll be able to cover enough margin to make it worth it. Well, all right. Maybe. Well, then tell me about these buys. Oh, nothing crazy. You... Nothing more like the discounts at people going up to the table saying, Hey, like, are, do you buy? And I'm like, Yeah, I do buy. And it's funny because it's a very Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts heavy area. 
Um, biggest thing that I did not buy. I'm going through this guy's cards, and I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the product. Uh, Filmington on Instagram, who I don't know personally, has a rookie card explosion box, and he'll take cards from various different products across the years and just to make a fun repack product and these are the rookies to chase and you hope you've hit one big so this guy had one of those boxes and in it was 2012 update and he had a mike trout all-star game black parallel that is nice what did he want for it like 5k no he didn't offer a price he says yeah i don't know i don't know what it should be i took out a thousand dollars cash and i'm like i'll give you a thousand dollars cash for this card right now is raw raw and he thought it over for a good five minutes and declined it and that hurt i've had because i've owned this exact card and i've shared this card with you i bought it off my slabs presumably off someone who bought it off golden or pwcc that's my inclination and then sold it to a high up car executive card executive two weeks later for two thousand dollars, I think, give or take. And that was slabbed as a BGS eight five. This one was raw and probably would have graded about the same. Damn. But that that kept me on my toes. That's why you have a table. So you get cards like that to show up. That's pretty sweet. I, but uh, I didn't I didn't close. You did but close. I felt I was pretty competitive. You did close on a Trout Black Parallel, though, I saw on Twitter. I did. I found one one of the first tables in the room had a BGS 9.5 No Subs Mike Trout along with a Mike Trout Black SGC 9.5. The person was telling me how at the National, he ripped open a hobby box of 2022 Top Series 1, pulled the black, did SGC raw card review. They gave it a 9.5 and he slapped it. So 10s are very, very hard to find in Mike Trout and any flagship black, yeah. let alone something coveted like a Mike Trout black. So that's actually my second SGC 9.5 Mike Trout that I own. I own the recently acquired 2022 one that I just bought this weekend, as well as a 2021 Mike Trout black. And I have a 2020 PSA 6 Mike Trout Black. And slowly but surely, I'm making my way back trying to get the main Black Parallels. But it is tough, expensive, and pricey. Yeah, I'm impressed that you've even made it three of the way in. That's that's uh, worthy of a shout-out regardless. Yeah. But And I and I paid aggressive. I mean, I didn't pay overly aggressive, but the mic, the update was a little bit sweet in the pot getting that, even though that's the way more expensive card. I yeah. think it was the raw card was worth 85. That's what the last auction did on the black. And then I paid a hundred for the nine five. That makes sense. You, I always trust that you're going to probably pay a little bit over what other people will pay for trout veteran. Parallels. I mean, granted, it was an SGC nine five. Yeah. But... I don't know. Really know if that does that much to it though, but I, you want to know what I did this week, Max? I did not do anything card related for the entire weekend basically but i did do something on friday it might be a first but that's because i'm going to vegas on wednesday so we're we're sponsored ledx is sponsoring the las vegas card show trade night friday night so ctv sports cards in vegas for the next few days which is gonna be a lot and then saturday night 
Max was insane. This is one of the craziest things that I've ever done in my life, I think. So next episode, when we check in on how this goes, might be a shell of a human being. But I'm in Vegas Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Saturday, I'm flying with Jake Ludex from Vegas to L.A. Because friend of the program, Kimball, a.k.a. Sunsport Trading, who was on, I think, episode 16 or something, is hosting a trade night for only F1 cards. And he really wanted me to come out. So I was like, you know what, dude? This sounds awesome. Kimball's the man. He's absolutely hooked it up for us and was a great guest. And I'm going out there for one night, flying back to Chicago Sunday morning. Flying back Sunday morning, one night in L.A. It's going to be a blast, but I'm going to be absolutely a shell of a human being on Sunday. So expect next episode on Monday. the Kimball episode is an absolute must-watch. Oh, it's a banger for sure. That's definitely a top five episode of uh, Young Old Heads history. But uh, yes. we'll definitely have to have him on again. But I'm excited. The, to I feel come like out this is like a, this is like a recharge week, at least for me, in terms of what I've gone through. You are prepping for Las Vegas, and also haven't had the most eventful. I mean, you had a standard week, which is an eventful week for Tommy Vaughn, but Obviously. not a cards on steroids injected in my veins and cocaine week. Yeah, that's going to be this next week, not injected with cocaine. But I did do one Figuratively, metaphor. Yes, metaphorically, figuratively. 300 wide, 300 long. <laughs> but I fucked around on ComC for the first time, Max. ComC. And, and ComC is something I don't think we really talked about, mainly because I've never spent any money on it. I know you talk shit about it sometimes, but I'm here to defend ComC. I'm a hater and a lover. I dropped 100 bucks into ComC because I was like, all right weird situation vault you have to put credit in this doesn't really make that much sense i'll throw a 100 bucks in see what all the fuss is about because all i hear online is that comp sees where it's at for cheap cool stuff and i'm like all right we'll see what's up i go on there i immediately just spend like 80 bucks just without even really trying on a bunch of random stuff but i don't really know how i feel it's confusing how to use it like send offers and stuff max have you can you give me a like a quick rundown of your experience with comp I have never sent a ComC offer in my life. Never? Never. Just want to make that clear. You've never sold or bought anything on ComC? I've never sold on ComC. I've bought on ComC. And I've just added items to my cart. Okay. And then you just ship them. And then checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think you can have it stashed in your own ComC pile and not have to ship immediately. Because you can buy it all and then you can ship at once. All right. Well, that's your lore. Yeah. You know we, we have someone actually who's, who's about to join the podcast who is a friend of the program. And we have decided to bring on due to the fact that we are not a sports podcast, but we do respond to sports news and how it impacts cards. And the Mariners of Seattle made the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. And we have a fan of the Mariners who is very famous for his sad state of his fandom as a Mariners fan so we're gonna get Logan of Logan's League on here and start start talking cards baseball playoffs and we'll get back to Tom C after or just with him we'll see but let's see is well, he in the waiting room oh Logan you're now live on the podcast right now how you he doing man so handsome thank you thank you how's it going guys I'm glad oh, it's going good. This is appearance number two for me. This is, dude. I just have to say something. This is appearance number two for me, and Saratoga Slabs has zero. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Just going to put that out there right now. That is 100% on Max. Max, do you have anything to say about that? He is the number eight most loyal listener of this podcast. 
some people are just listeners some people are friends of the program some people are esteemed friends of the program such as yourself logan uh how are you responding mariners first playoff run in 21 years what was your feeling as cal rally hits this walk-off home run i can only imagine i i didn't even i was drinking that night but i i didn't I blacked out for like a good like two or three <laughs> minutes. It was just it was insane. I mean, of course they were going to the playoffs, and that would it would it was a foregone conclusion. But the way it happened, what you couldn't have written it up any better. It was yeah. it was insane. And I'm getting like on my Snapchat, I'm getting memories from last year and the and how they didn't make it to the playoffs last year. So this time last year, I was super down. It's just crazy. A year later talking about the Mariners are actually going to the playoffs and they're playing on playoff games on Friday. And it's just, I, it's a feeling I've never had before. That's for sure. And to make it even sweeter, your boy, Jared Kalenic is actually bottling out kind of question mark. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, I think he's now down to, since he's been called up to 250, but he had, what was it? Thursday night had two home runs. He had an opposite field home run, and his card prices have actually, you know, gone up a little bit. There's, we're seeing some life in them, which is I, I never thought that was going to happen. I, I thought he was going to be shipped off. That the man, the Mariners were just, they were done with him. He was done with with them. And but now we're talking about him being the starting lineup come Friday, even and with Julio back. This is going to be the biggest redemption story in the history of the hobby this year if he can go from all the way up to the most down bad you can be basically to now just in the playoffs starting possibly oh. that'd be pretty sweet oh yeah it's crazy like i said i just never expected kellenic to be back up this year to to be doing well it i mean he he looks different at the plate and he's smiling again which is which is crazy we love some guy we love a guy that smiles max how are you feeling right now as a yankees fan i know you're a big home team guy I am drawing parallels to my hots and colds with Labor Torres right now. And this season in general has been a hot. Logan, has Kalenic's acute success made you want to buy and cherish his trading cards more? Uh, he, it's funny you say that because when his stuff was going back up, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell, which I did sell a little bit. But like now I'm like, I held when I had a chance to sell everything before the season when his stuff was hot, not buy back into him, be done. And then I bought back into some stuff and I was really down bad on it. And now he's actually made it back on my shelf as a display in my room. And I have five cards left of him and they're all pretty cool looking cards. So I feel like I want to hold for now because I held when he was that down down bad and if i get crazy offers on ebay on the card sure i'll take it but like are you gonna be now, a jared Kalenic super pt uh no i, I what would it take though world series mvp conference well, or AL MVP? I, 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 AL? I will say this i will say this i because we we know i don't like the word pc but let's we'll say super collection I will pick up if I can get at card shows cool, cool, like non rookies of his. I, I would love to have 30 to 40 to 50 in my binder of cool cards of him because he was the he, before Julio, it was Kalanick and the excitement last year with him and everything. And try and 
I've gone taken a lot of shit for it on Twitter and and dis dis out other things with him. So he is will always I I will always have Kellenic cards. That's for sure. That's awesome. I I think I love your commitment to him and you, the Mariners franchise. That's uh, admirable to say the least. But who who thought is Cal Rowley now going to have a binder page in the Logan Logan's League binder? What are you going to go after? I know he he has rookie cards this year, right? Yes. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping in the off season that, yeah, I'm he is in series two and he has now has he's in obviously in Topps Chrome and he's in the new logo fra- Topps Chrome logo fractors. So I'm hoping that I can pick up a few of his cards and <clears throat> in the off season he's definitely cemented himself as he'll probably if obviously year one of him doing well. But there hasn't been a lot of good catchers in Mariners history outside of Dan Wilson and nobody knows who Dan Wilson is. So outside of Seattle, so he he has a good chance to go down as the greatest Mariners catcher of all time, and uh, he definitely definitely fits in the binder now for sure. You you heard it, you heard it here first, the greatest Mariners catcher of all time. That's like saying I, the best Giants left fielder since Barry Bonds. It's like there's no one. <laughs> hey, I mean he has I think twenty six or twenty no twenty five twenty six on the season. I. You could put him up there as a top seven or eight catcher right now, and he was hitting 058 back in May, and now is up to like 206. So we love to see him um, above the Mendoza line. Yes, uh, ab- um, above above the Jared Kelenic line. That's the that's Jared Kelenic. <laughs> well, there's one uh, card thing, Logan, that I want to talk about because mm-hmm. me and Logan haven't touched, or me and Max haven't touched on this yet. Uh, we there is the big news this week about the MLB logo fracture boxes coming out, and it mm-hmm. was like the classic Twitter thing where it comes out at the MLB store. They're like, the MLB store has these logo factor boxes. And then they're on the tops website and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? And then you see the Julio Rodriguez, a vertical sweet looking card, um, which I think was his 3d image too. Right. Am I wrong on that? It's, it's similar to the 3d image and it's similar to the, to the national rookie. So all three of those are vertical. Okay. And I saw that I immediately am like, what's going on? It seems like tops maybe trying to cover their ass, but it seems like I don't know how they would have been able to get product out like this. So must've been planned. Uh, and it seems like it's like five base packs and then these like kind of mega box Bowman type mm-hmm. uh, refractors. You just ripped a box. Am I yeah, tripping? I just, yep. I just ripped three boxes. <laughs> How'd uh, it go? I, I pulled a wander, so I can't complain there. I got some, and there's color in every, so in the two mega packs or what, the logo factor packs, there's two color in each of those. Uh, I think it was, it's a, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's a success by tops because it was kind of, nobody knew that they were coming out and it was just released at the store. They're not, not a retail product besides at the uh, top store in New York. And then it's now sold out online. So it's kind of cool. That's a 110 card checklist and obviously color in each two packs. And you have a chance at some good veteran autos as well. It's, it's not the same as tops Chrome with you where you have 55 relief pitcher autos. Yeah. But me and Max have talked a lot about what we consider iconic parallels, um, kind of innovations in card parallel games that have either been swing and misses or home runs. And this, I haven't really decided on yet. Max, what's your initial reaction to the uh, logo fractors? I like the logo. I am very mixed 
on it. The MLB store is interesting. Back in 2020, we had the MLB NYC New York um, parallels that were available with every purchase of uh, above $50 or something like that. And they were serial numbered out of 99 and they sold out quick of those promo cards because they had a Jordan rookie card. They had a Bo Bichette. I believe they had Luis Robert. It was a very strong checklist. And when the MLB store, which is, I believe is directly backed by Fanatics and is everything. It's just Fanatics with MLB's logos and equipment behind it. The Logo Fractor configurations boxes were first. It wasn't completely out of the blue. The first notice that we had of these was when Tops messed up the silver pack, messed up the super short print. Oh, no, the base sets extended short prints. I want to make sure I get my diction right. And that, that logo fracture boxes would not have these issues and these would be included in the product. We still haven't not seen one yet. Very important to make clear. We have not seen an extended base set image, image variation or just card of Julio Rodriguez, CJ Abrams, Hunter Green. I don't know the other two. Off this is October really 3rd. October Spencer 3rd. Torkelson, Bobby Witt. Yeah. Yep, those are the five. Yeah, I know my shit cold. But um, so there, this led to confusion. What are these logo fractors? Oh, it's just another way for tops to dilute everything. And fifty dollars a box SRP. Don't love it, but at the same time, a lot of people do seem to love it. And when we have blasters at thirty dollars plus tax or thirty-five dollars plus tax, and Mega is more expensive, this is a way to get guaranteed numbered color. They're relatively short printed given by the numbered odds on them and that you're guaranteed two colored cards per pack. I don't like it. Get it out of my hands. I don't want to touch it. I don't even want to flip it. I don't even want to scalp it. I, you just kind of flipped. I thought you were going to go the complete other way on that. Fun to rip, I guess. Logan I have a box on the I way. Have. I have a box on the See, way. Which- I I totally disagree with you on Mac on this one, Max. I think it's I think it's awesome because of the short. I think the biggest thing is the shortened checklist. So then you also have only 110 base cards, and then you get two color in each pack. And I think that's the or one sorry two color in each box. And I think that's the biggest thing because you, I mean you look at obviously things will settle. But you still, if you can get it for fifty dollars, I think, and you can get a Wander or you can get an O'Neill Cruz, and then you get a decent color of a vet of like a Cunha, Tati, Soto, Otani, or whatever. You have a good shot at making your money back plus a little bit more. And there's obviously the chance of getting the Julio SSP or SP whatever extended base, whatever you want to call it. Um, I really Tom. think the floor on those is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw an auction go for like 2800 for the Julio uh, Logo Fractor, and that seemed I, crazy to me. But I think it was 3500 The first one ex- ended at exactly 3500 Yeah, I don't know if it was paid for or not. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. That's crazy. But uh, I'm excited to rip it just because it seems cool, and I like the guaranteed number stuff. It seems like a way better value rip than normal Topps Chrome this year, like a Blaster Omega, so excited to excited to do that but and the auto checklist is is very very good with the they have a few decent rookies and then Lars Newbar Lars Newbar Lars Newbar friend of the program absolute legend um 
but I think I was looking at the checklist. I think the base checklist is for autos is like 20 to 25. And there's only like three or four that are like terrible rookies that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't want. Other than that, you have Jordan, you have Otani, you have Eloy, you have Pete Alonzo. Um, even guys like, I mean, it won't sell for crazy, but like Max Muncy doesn't have it on the Dodgers doesn't have a ton of autos. Um, I definitely I see it. Like, as long as they don't do this every single year. Like, I don't know if I would want logo fractor boxes every year, but yeah, I like kinda, it. Or if they off. did, or if they s- switched it up and did something next year and like had it like be di- a little bit different or something. Yeah. I just think with the 110 card checklist, that's the biggest thing is they kept it relatively small yeah, and they didn't put it in Walmart or put it in target or anything. So it's just at the store or online which I think is cool too. Yeah. And it seems like they're not going to print this product to oblivion, which you love to see from tops. Usually they're a glutton for over. Oh yeah. And they I was just, they yeah. could have just said, Hey, this is the same as tops current as the normal hobby. It's the nor- the same checklist and it could, it w- would have been terrible. Yeah, exactly. But I want another thing, Logan, that I want you and Max to go head to head on here as Ooh. I'm interested Friday. We teased it with the Mariners. We got the baseball playoff starting. And I want to know, you know, we don't, famously, we don't tell you anyone what to buy and what to sell. But I want to know your thought process behind what you're buying. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think, like, the hot, like, big stars right now are not, I mean, they may become more, more available during the playoffs if they're playing well and you may see some like Aaron Max and I've talked about I feel like I've seen so many Aaron Judge cards that I've I never knew existed for his from his rookie year or other years for parallels or short super short prints but um I think a huge thing for the playoffs is if you can find a guy that I think is kind of under the radar on a couple teams that you think are going deep in the playoffs that's not a big name and you can get the cards for get some autos for I don't know, 10, 15 bucks. You buy 10, 15 of those right now, and you're looking at like a, a Randy Rosarena or even like Corey Corey Seager that that same year. Corey Seager was I, I made a decent amount of money off Corey Seager stuff because I was like, oh, he's like fun to collect. I like him. And then he ended up winning World Series MVP, had hype going into the next season. Same with Randy. So I feel like it's a lot of the under the radar guys. If you can get those cards for cheap, because Randy autos were selling for like five dollars and they shot up to like seventy. So I think that that's the biggest thing is like okay, like these two or three guys, oh, they could hit a walk off home run like Cal did on Friday night. But I don't think the normal star, the normal stars, it's like well, their prices are their prices. I don't think a huge playoff run is going to affect them that much. Yeah, it's kind of factored into the price already. Max, what are your thoughts right now? My thoughts are that I've gone over the months very often in that March is a hot month. April's hot-ish. May tails down a little bit. June is cold. July is hot with the All-Star game. August is only hot around the trade deadline. September is cold. And October is hotter than me shirtless on a nude beach. It's hot, hot, hot. We have Pete Alonso, who's going to crush it in the playoffs. 
We have the Yankees. Wait, 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 wait. You said Pete. You said Pete Alonso, the same guy that went like zero for fifteen over the weekend. Are the Mets lost. even making the playoffs? Is I that, think I the, they, Mets, the they Mets. Clinched, oh, they were the fourth team to clinch the playoffs. They clinched the playoffs for the Yankees. Yeah, they're, they're gonna. Bad, they're, bad, pro- they're probably gonna be the number one seed as uh, of of the wild card. Right. So they'll be the number four seed. But you're talking about the same Pete Alonso that didn't show up this weekend with Francisco Lindor. They they forgot their stuff in New York. I think we're talking we about should... two different Pete Alonzos. We're talking, we're talking about, about the, Mac, the Cards Max the Pete Alonzo that's going to hit 10 home runs in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. But I'm just giving you a bad regardless. time. No, no, no. I, I'm a Pete Alonzo whale as we card. I'm a former owner of a Pete Alonzo Reddick. But Wait, uh, can we give a quick shout out to Matt's cards, the boy, the, my homie on Twitter, who has oh, he is the, a he is a Pete Alonzo giga genius. Yeah, he's the man. So if we were gonna give any shots out to Pete Alonzo, we got to give a shout out to him. But continue. Absolutely no. Um, overall, players are gonna make runs. The Blue Jays, I believe, Blue Jays clinched already. Logan, can you confirm? Yes, the Blue Jays and the Mariners are going to play each other more than likely. That's that going to happen. Sense. Logan, I hope your home team wins, but Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero exist. They can make a run. Bo Bichette of the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> yes, Bo Bichette of the Lo- starting shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers set to make a huge run in the playoffs. Did you not, Max? Did you not see this? I, no, I don't. I think we'll fill him in afterwards. I briefly saw it. I just didn't know if that was a faux pas on my end. No, um, no. but I, 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 I connected the dots. It was two very far <laughs> dots to connect, but they were connected. It was all fun and games. But to continue, we have Vlad Guerrero and Bo Bichette of the Los Angeles Dodgers and, Tor- and Toronto Blue Jays. We have Pete Alonso. We have Acuna, Riley, and Michael Harris, who doesn't have many cards. These are players that are wow, wow. Hot. You didn't even you didn't even say you didn't even say one of your biggest guys that you sold this year. That is crazy. Who does who did I sell? Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, but they're actually going to win it, and I hate saying that as a Yankee fan. I know okay. fan number eight hates saying it too. Astros are going to beat the Yankees, but not a sports analysis podcast. And Jordan prices are already. Strong, but that's that's fair. But 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 regard, I mean, all of those names, Sands, Jordan, are like completely under the radar, and only really team collectors are kind of looking at them right now. Outside of speculate, because I feel like no one is speculating playoffs right now. Soto is in the playoffs. So the Padres make a run. They probably won't. Wouldn't be the first time you know a Soto led team has made a run to the World Series. But this is October baseball. It's the same trope that is said in may someone is ending with a ring and someone is ending with that career resume boost and nobody knows who it is and that will be big for whoever even though baseball isn't all about rings place your bets on whoever could make a run or you think will win it all but someone is going to get a nice little career accolade boost keep your eyes peeled and don't sleep on the wild card teams wow so thanks all around so, question for you, Max. Answer for you, Logan. Which, because this is the opposite. Which guys would you say have kind of hit their for the season overall that are going to the playoffs? Because I have a few guys in mind that have hit kind of their peak, or like even if their teams make a run, that like you won't see their cards jump crazy prices. For like we're talking about all, all stars, because if those if some teams like if 
if, for example, if Glaber, if the Yankees make a run, they go to the World Series and Glaber goes 16 for 20, and that's not going to, obviously not going to happen, but like he hits 500. Well, he's not going to go 16 for 20. That's crazy. The but it's 500. Net worth will quintuple if that happens. <laughs> Oops. Oh, I am no, you're good. You're good. Oops. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm my... going to give you guys two things that, real quick, Logan. Okay. That I am taking away from what you're saying. And then we'll get back to Glaber Torres going 19 for 20 from with 17 home runs but um, <laughs> i'm hearing by like just list cards of guys that could potentially do cool good stuff in the playoffs or it's really relatively buy, high buyish buyish players that you think could make a run or susceptible to make a run i yeah. know aforementioned fan number eight is buying some Rikani right now i don't love that i don't love that otani is not going to the playoffs people Pretty. will have their prices drop even on higher end as we enter more and more the off season, because guess what? Even though we're all geniuses and we're all baseball heads and most of us are going to be buying in the off season because we know cards and we know ball and we know baseball. These, I hate to say it. If you're a listener, smooth brained football brains, just exit baseball as soon as it's not hot anymore. And that's more so seen in the higher end than the lower end. The, maybe these people aren't wielding flagship black parallels, but they're definitely wielding patch autos because, ooh, it has a pinstripe from when he took it on and off during a trying out session. Keep your eyes out on the offseason. I can't wait. I don't want Otani right now. I just want to feast on October, have a nice cornucopia for November. I need to be a contrarian to you, though, because Logan said something earlier that I think is the, the direct opposite of what you just said, which is now is a good time to buy because there's cards available right now that just are, are not available at other times of the year. Like you're not like some of these cards that get listed during the playoffs are cards that the owners are never going to sell unless it's at this time and at kind of the peak or whatever they deem to be the peak or the opportunity opportunity to be a peak. And as a, as a collector, I'm seeing cards that I don't see at other times of the year online right now listed. And at some point it's like, I can either own a card and kind of pay a premium for October, or I could just never own the card. And that's, kind of a question that i'm always asking myself about like am i overpaying but am i even ever gonna see a card at market value i don't know i think there's i because you have very strong points it's important to distinguish not only the this the perceived peak but it being a perceived relative peak i know that i bought one of the cards that i bought i mean i bought two nice tatises for pennies on the dollar I bought a Bowman Sterling Blue out of 25, rookie, and I bought – and I'm going to deviate more from just Tatis. I have another player of mine too, and I bought – We can't talk about Tatis again. He's, he's banned from the program. <laughs> we, I have yeah, a Lambo. Especially, after, especially, after, especially after what I said last time, so yeah. Okay, I'll deviate, <laughs> I'll deviate to Soto. To Soto is the same principle, okay? For sure. I bought – I've been buying two nice, really nice Soto cards that I bought was – after the trade deadline, when people were thinking, or my understanding of people thinking was, okay, the trade deadline happened. We're at this buzz. He's going to go down entering the offseason. I have, if I, I should quit while I'm ahead with Soto, not from a long term standpoint, career standpoint, but from a next three month standpoint. Two of my favorite Sotos that I picked up was a gold Bowman's best rookie card insert out of 50. And I grabbed that for something cheap, like 200 bucks. 
and I grabbed the 2019 Sliding Chrome Image Variation Rookie Cup for about 300 bucks. I want to say. Maybe it was 375 And those are cards that are not going to be auctioned in the driest desert of the offseason where you're looking for an oasis of water. Those are going to be found in season. And when it's in season and you're at a little bit of a softer Soto time, people are quitting while they can before it gets to offseason and it really gets low. I think it's about recognizing the relative peak. Well, you just told a bunch of thirsty people to go wait for the dry desert of the offseason to find an oasis. So I'm worried no, about I'm saying supply. I'm saying quality is going to be better now, but Otani is still receiving a MVP conversation bump that I think will go down starkly once he's out of sight, out of mind. Your yeah. overall prices are going to be softer in the offseason, but if you're eyeing really nice color or low serial numbered cards, also if you see low serial numbered cards, buy regardless because you never know the next time that you're going to see it. If you're doing this from a collect standpoint or from a I need this in my treasure trove standpoint, you can play the game of playing the seasons, but also when there's the conversation of you don't know when it's legitimately coming back to the market, that's a different story. Uh, Logan, I need to hear your thoughts on this. But the answer is be smart. Always. I th- I think I, I agree with both of what you're saying. It's kind of, and to go back to what you're saying before, Tommy, is mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect example right now of Judge stuff. I don't think, unless Judge comes out and has another unreal season next year like he does this year, you're probably not going to see a lot of the Judge stuff that's available right now, or people are just going to be asking the same prices as they are now and they're not going to be worth that so if you're willing to play the premium now you can still feel good about it okay like i paid the premium as a collector strictly as a collector i paid the premium during his run i got this awesome card during during this fun time i got to enjoy it maybe he goes and wins wins a world series with the yankees wins mvp signs offs and everything but then doesn't come out and have as good a a year next year his stuff is not a lot of this like super nice like higher end stuff or the low number parallels are not going to be available because people are like well they were at this at this price at one point last year they if he does this again in two or three years they can be back at that same price again i think judge is going to be a great case study long term too for how does one iconic season change someone's card value long term even if they're not a hall of famer roger maris seems to like Hold pretty decent value in vintage stuff, as far as I can tell. We've already had the sure. judge case study. Yeah, it's right. Are you saying it's Roger Maris? No, I'm saying it's 2017. But yeah, I mean, it's it is kind of crazy that he was. I mean, I wasn't in cards in 2017, but I talked to people who were, and they said judge cards were crazy then, and they never thought they would eclipse what they've done now, and now they've exceeded 2017 for. I mean, maybe not actual card price wise but for liquidity and the amount of cards that have been sold of Aaron Judge because I don't want to be fact checked on that because I don't know if a Bowman Chrome Auto is now selling better in 2022 than 2020 might get Eric Eric White back for that with this is what Aaron Judge cards are selling for in 2017 this is what they're selling for now but it would be um, interesting I have it would be interesting to see the comparisons of the two yeah, for sure. I'd definitely be interested in seeing that. But like, I Judge is a guy that I think I always hear he's old with, you know? That's a classic, like, he's too old to probably have the numbers to make the Hall of Fame in the long run. But 
I mean, you can always argue, look at Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt is having the best career year of his career is going to win MVP at the age of 35 and 36. And Justin Verlander, obviously pitchers are different, but had Tommy John, he's 38 or 39, and he's going to win Cy Young. That's crazy. So, I mean, I think Verlander is yeah. right now. That dude, should, his card value should be way higher, too. I'm just, that's one guy that. Well, it's just because his card, I mean, obviously you have the weird with his weird rookie year, and then he has two different rookie cards. So, I feel like that kind of screws things up a little bit for him, card uh, price wise. Yeah. I feel like any guy who doesn't have like. Top of true... is so different. It was just so different yes. back then, too. So, it's hard to compare that to like modern cards, but. Is it, Verlander might be the first like guy from that era as a pitcher who's going to make the Hall of Fame. So it's going to like I always say that Pujols and Ichiro are the first Hall of Famers from like the modern card era, kind of. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. late '90s guys sort of count, but those products were just so weird as we so, talked about yeah. with Mitch. Did you, uh, Logan? Did you happen to catch our episode with Mitch? You mean you go I way back? I haven't listened to it yet, but it is on I, as I do packages this week. That is the episode that I'm listening to. I'm hey, very excited. Do you have any funny Mitch stories or things that Mitch taught you throughout the years? Because I think anytime we have someone on now who knows Mitch, we have to have us hear their two cents. Uh, it was just, I, he was like the first, probably the first person that I really, outside of Jake T cards that I interacted with, did my first trade with. He also bought some cards from me. And just, I, I just never had met somebody that just, he loves, he loves to hold his cards. Like it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, the cards that he loves, it doesn't matter if they go to $10,000, you'd be like, I'm holding. Like, yeah. I love this card. I found this in a box or I pulled this. And I think that's really cool because obviously a lot of people are in it for money, which I mean, it's my full-time job. So, but it's, it's cool to see the people Flipper. also, Flipper. what, what do you want to call me? you want to call me the flipper that's that's fine that that's me that's me but no i just think it's mitch has a unique story and it's just like i said it's cool that if a card that he pack pulled went to ten thousand dollars and he's in it for a dollar he wouldn't sell it he he would keep it and he'd be like now i have a ten thousand dollar card but i'm not selling it yeah he'd be like he'd be even more hyped about it now he Oh, exactly. Mitch, is the best. Yeah. Mitch has like you know he has like 15 Griffey Jr. rookie upper deck rookies and he's just like I don't think I'm gonna sell these They're not even five of them not even, was, yeah you could just have one and you could sell the 14 and you could go buy something you could go buy another rookie card to somebody else or something but no, no every everybody Mitch is the best don't I I will he is literally probably the biggest influence on my collecting philosophy of just everything weird cool if you think it's cool just trust yourself it's like sort of philosophy which i respect always but all right max logan we've talked we've talked baseball talked baseball cards i want to hear real quick before we end just your recent pickups or anything interesting going on in your lives in the next few days that you want to talk about or did happen over the weekend max, well i think the inter- oh yep, go sorry for it, max. How are you good? i'm buying and i'm selling I haven't been proactive on eBay as much. I have found, actually, sorry, that's just an outright lie. I haven't been active as eBay over the past few days. I have been beating eBay with a pulp, with a barbed baseball bat, hitting it until its skull is crushed. I have been devouring eBay. I am buying items at 1 a.m. when I am delirious and tired and still getting good deals, and I am hungry. Some of these items that I've bought lately include a 
Judge Bad on Shoulder Update SSP that I got in a lot that was poorly labeled. I got a Trevor Lawrence Orange Fluorescent out of 25 that the title was just Trevor Lawrence Rookie Card. And that's it. That was the entire title. How much did you get it for? Um, so it was $300 starting bid, $500 buy it now. I didn't know if I should have been cocky and just slammed the buy it now. I did slam the buy it now on the Aaron Judge. Bad on shoulder. But I'm like, I don't know this market as well. I know he's hot right now. That could be good. I know that it's going through authenticity guarantee. So that's good both from protecting myself, as which is rare that eBay makes a good protective measure. But also knowing that I'm not going to get it in hand by next week anyway, which wasn't great because he had four fumbles this past week. What is what what do you what even is eBay authentication on a listing that says Trevor Lawrence rookie card and it's an out of twenty five mosaic like orange fluorescent? What's even the process with that? I presume like, yeah, this is I, a rookie card. Is I this hope, or is it like Bowman's I, best? What if I hope it's rookie card? I hope it's they make it responsible for the pictured in the listing. Although I do know of a funny anecdote that I won't share on the pod that did happen with a eBay's authenticity guarantee. Well, Logan, what's up with you, dude? What am I? What are you doing? I bought some cards. Week? Other than uh, just like preparing for the Mariners playoff run. Uh, well, I just I did one of my sales, so now I'm trying to get in some more inventory for inventory for the next sale. Um, have over 200 packages to send, so I'm I've been. Putting not putting that off, but I it will be a few late nights. Um, just getting through that. Obviously. The, un- the unglamorous side of Logan's League. Yes, I mean this is like I said before when I was on the podcast before. This is my full time job, so it's what comes with it. But it's still not fun. It's, yeah. it's the le- least fun part about it. But you knock it out in a day or two, then I have the rest of my week to you know pick up some lots, uh, go maybe do some searching on my slabs or eBay or something. Probably not eBay because I don't want comp use against me. So stay off the grid. That's the Logan's league yes. way, I feel like. Logan, yes. you are always acquiring and dealing with cards in untraditional mediums. You're not the guy to swarm PWCC, Golden Heritage, Leland's, my slabs. So to hear you even mention my slabs is a potential avenue for you to buy is evolution and growth no, i thought no, no i for a good amount for a couple of weeks i was buying singles off my slabs that were the raw cards that were grossly underpriced my slab the my you I, have yes, been you I have really, been moving like a real g moves in silence like lasagna logan we've told we talked about this max you just don't remember it I yeah, remember Max, every, I, Max has a lot of conversations. He has a lot of conversations. Max was well. probably ban- going off on some banter in our group chat about something else, and I it just got swept under the rug, as 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 most things do. Because I'll wake up to the my favorite thing in the morning when I wake up and open up Twitter is Max is up late night finding some sort of deal, finding sort of some sort of something that is under under the radar. Uh, mistyped listing or something and and i i get to read it all in the morning it's a it's a great way to start off the day yeah you never know what max is going to come up with in the morning twitter too Sometimes i bought a, I bought a steph curry gold prism out of 10 yeah you did that we'll we'll talk about that next episode because i have some hey, shit i want to say haters will that. say it's draft picks haters will say but haters will not be able to argue that this is not the best javel mcgee warriors card out there so that's all that matters to me come come on this is an explicit <laughs> podcast but max is smarter than that and max stop buying collegiate draft picks gold prism cards because 
I don't know why you're doing that. You're gonna be like, okay. Tell me why can't much, I sell I'm, this for the I'm, price I got? How much does Prism draft picks gold go for? He's not in it. That's exactly my point. I don't know what your point is, but I feel like that's how every episode goes. Well, Logan, <laughs> thank you for coming on again. This obviously won't be your last time on, but go Mariners! I'm officially on the bandwagon as the Giants are out. Max, I. I'm not on the Yankees bandwagon, except I am on pro Glaber going 19 for 20 and winning World Series MVP so that your net worth goes to the moon. The bulk of my collection is bulk PSA 10 Glaber paper slabs that aren't parallels. Yeah, just the, the best of the best. Well, we'll see ne- you guys next, next week. Next week, I'll take you to school in ComC. Yeah, next week, we'll talk ComC because that was maybe the plan. But honestly, I just wanted to see what's up with Logan. We'll see you again, Logan, very soon. Make sure to follow him at Logan's League on Twitter and Instagram, but mainly Twitter and mainly Twitter for at CardsMax because he's very inconsistent on his Instagram posts, as he will admit. The podcast, though, at Young Old Heads podcast on Instagram, at Young underscore Old Heads on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. We'll post some clips from this. Probably Max saying some weird shit. The usual. Uh, <laughs> shout out uh, Brian Gray for coming through with some controversy after last week's episode when Max publicly declared his love for him. That was pretty funny. Uh, we'll have to maybe touch on that next week because I don't even really understand what happened. So, all right.